Hey guys, welcome back to the 1000 Ways of Knowing show with your hosts, Marcus and Tom. And we're here to talk about the four stoic virtues. Tom, I am not honestly uh, well versed in this as much as you are. I've been, you know, researching and reading up on stoicism for quite some time, but you have been doing it quite longer than I have. So, Tom, let's just dive right into it. What are the four stoic virtues? Well, the four Stoic virtues, or the four Stoic pillars, are wisdom, courage, temperance, and justice. Now, temperance can also be termed as moderation, self-discipline. They're interchangeable, but they all basically mean the same. And we'll start with wisdom, and Zeno had a great quote, which was, we were given two ears and one mouth. And I know that we've both heard that growing up. Okay, you got two ears, one mouth, listen twice before you speak right you had that going growing up too and that is that's an essential thing for anybody to learn right so Epictetus says you cannot learn that which you think you already know and I've always seen wisdom as knowledge plus experience right you've learned things and then through experience you've gained wisdom and that right there I wanted to make that distinction right there because a lot of people think because they read a lot they they have wisdom no it's through experience with the knowledge that you gain this wisdom and so with that i'm gonna say a quote from seneca the younger which was to bear trials with a calm mind robs misfortune of its strength and burden you can agree with that right Mark? yeah and i you know i have to say man wisdom is such a essential part of our like of our everyday life um, there are things that, and like you said, wisdom comes with experience. I mean, you can read a book all day long, but without the experience, you're not really learning anything. You're not, you're not really, um, it's not really, you know, uh, digging deep into your soul, the teaching, you see what I'm saying? So I would also say that wisdom is so essential and also depends on the levels that you are within your life. Because when we're younger, we think we're wise, but we're wise only for that time because that's the time that we're living. As we get older and go into our 30s or 40s or even 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, the wisdom changes. Um, the experiences change. And hence, when we hear our elders speak, uh, you know, they'll say they'll tell us something. And in our youth, we're like, oh, we know better. We, we know that. We know all that. And they're telling us, oh, yeah, OK, well, you're going to have to experience it. And so I definitely agree with that, that wisdom also comes into play with experience too. So right on. Oh, absolutely. And we're going to go to justice now. Your favorite Marcus Aurelius, he says, what is not good for the beehive cannot be good for the bees, right? So we just talked about wisdom being knowledge gained through experience. Sometimes you learn things that aren't so good for you, right? And with this quote, it made me understand that not everything you do is righteous. Not everything you do is right. There's a code that you need to live by that you know you're doing the right thing every day. You're being honest. You're not lying. So how does that quote make you feel? What is not good for the beehive cannot be good for the bees. It also shows me that you have to live by example, especially if you're a leader. You have to live by example. You can't tell people to do things and then 
and, and live the opposite way. And they're going to look at you like, well, you just gave me some advice and your life is crap, you know? And then there's also that saying too, man, where they say, uh, you know, do as I say, don't do as I do, which is, I find yeah, that exactly. to be utterly ridiculous, especially if you're a teacher or you're a parent or you're somebody's mentor you're going to sit there and tell them how to do things. Okay, well, granted, maybe from past experience, but let's say your present life, you're doing exactly what you told them not to do. And they're supposed to be learning from you. And it goes back to the first, It's all, it also goes back to the first virtue that we were speaking of when you said we have two ears and we have one mouth, right? So the, the best attribute of a teacher is that they're a good listener. That includes listening to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. 100%. And I believe we, we may have talked about this when we talked about perception or having good sense of humor is, you know, your mental landscape, you're not paying attention to it and you're just letting it go. It's going to run, run rampant and you're doing a disservice to yourself. You're not holding justice for yourself, really. Your thoughts are now robbing you of your time, of this pleasure, of peace. And so understanding that you yourself need to hold a high level of authority over your emotions and your mental landscape, you're holding true justice for yourself. And with that, I'm going to lead into temperance because temperance or self-discipline and moderation, that's a big one. And it's something I think in society now we need more of. And so Seneca said it best, pleasures when they go beyond a certain limit are but punishments. And he also said that until we have begun to go without them, we fail to realize how unnecessary many things are. We've been using them not because we needed them, but because we had them. And I, when I think of that, this is silly, I think of whole foods, uh, wholesale stores like BJ's and Costco's and, and, and these big big stores you can go in you can buy 40 rolls of toilet paper where at the grocery stores you can only get like 20 per roll or whatever they have now you know what i'm saying you can get 48 eggs for two dollars but when you go to grocery stores you get a dozen for five something ridiculous like that but because we have such an excess it robs us of our ability to think clearly right and now we're living with all this like oh we have it we have it just because i have it i i, I got it i need it i need it i need it i need it but you really don't you know, how many times did you, you hear growing up, especially in the households we were in, use the rag, not the, not the paper towel, cost too much, right? Like save the paper towel for something that we need. There's the rag right there. Use the rag because that can go in the washing machine and be washed. You can use it over and over and over. Well, again. check this out. The paper towels you run out. So sorry to interrupt you, but check this out. And, it's something that I don't oh, want to slip my mind. <laughs> so look at our grandparents or great grandparents who lived in, well, I would say our grandparents. Okay. They lived in the great depression. They survived the Great Depression. Right. They didn't need the excess of things that were available to them, whether it was prior to the Great Depression or after. They learned how to live with the minimal amount of things. And so I love that quote that you had said because it it's so true. A little bit of something is okay. Too much of anything is not good. Too much of anything is just not good. Too much money. Oh, yeah, I have all the money in the world. Well, guess what? You still feel empty. Too much too much house. 
Mm. Oh, I have That's so much one. room, but guess what? The walls and in the halls still echo. Look at look at oh I have this beautiful car. I have this wonderful car. It goes really, really fast. But guess what? It's still just a car. And it gets you from point A to point B. So what makes your car different than anybody else's? What? Because it's faster? Or if it looks better? So what? Who cares? It still it still serves the same purpose. Only difference is that it's flashy. But guess what? Where you spent two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars on that fast car that serves the same purpose purpose as that fifteen thousand dollar car, you wasted your money while the other person saved it for emergency purposes right right absolutely and you know that brings me back to the episode of perception we talked about who had the nice car versus did you just have a car that got you from point a to point b still served the same purpose you still got the same enjoyment out of driving it okay it wasn't a ferrari maybe you were driving a honda no offense to any honda drivers but you still got from point a to point b you can still roll the windows down hopefully you can still roll the windows down i know how that feels guys and Shoot, open the door, man. You know, when yeah, you hit that red light, just open that door. <laughs> I can't take you anywhere. Anyways, so not to get off track, but there is one more pillar we need to talk about, and that is courage. And I say courage for the last one because I feel that courage is what comes after the three, right? It's necessary for you to take the next step. And Marcos Aurelius said, the first rule to keep an untroubled spirit. The first rule is to keep an untroubled spirit. The second is to look things in the face and know them for what they are, right? So you've now made this mental landscape. It's like it's like create it's like making a sword. You did all the hammering, the forging, and now you're trying to quench it and you're ready to take it out and hold it, wield it, make sure it's balanced and go into the world and conquer your fears and conquer everything that comes your way. And don't take conquer as an aggressive thing, but as a hypothetical way of looking at it and this is how i view the four pillars of stoicism the four virtues it's like crafting a a sword right you're crafting a blade and you're taking your time and you're getting all the kinks out and all the impurities and now it's time for you to hold it right and you still have to do that last last heat temper right and then you got to put it in the oil or the water depending on what you use at that point in time you're going to find out whether or not your sword is going to stay true or it's going to shatter, right? It's going to finally harden. And when you're going to go test it, you're going to find out whether or not it's going to break. And so courage is taking that step into the unknown, knowing that you've done everything you can for yourself, the best you can for your mind, and you're doing your best to go out there. And so Epictetus had a good quote, circumstances don't make the man, they only reveal him to himself. And there's your courage. So I think courage is something that you should apply to all aspects of your life, whether it's going off and, uh, well, let me go ahead and uh, let me reel back a little bit. So um, courage is a very defining attribute or, um, yeah, I would say attribute. Uh, in anyone's life, depending on how they utilize it. Okay, uh, do you have the courage to speak when no one is, no one is, uh, no one else wants to speak? Do you have the courage to uh, go for the dream that you have within you, or where? Because everyone has a gift. Everyone has uh, something that the, everyone was born with an attribute that is supposed to be given to the world. Okay, and everyone has a dream as to where they're supposed to be in life, but 99% of the people don't 
run after that dream. They settle for the mundane things. You know what I mean? They, and when I say mundane, I mean, it's not bad to live a humble life. But I will tell you that if you're not living a life that re- represents or reflects your dreams, then you're living an empty life. And the reason why I say that is because, and I'm going a little off topic, and I'll reel back in in a second, but, and it ties in with courage. You live in that empty life because you don't have the courage to run after what you want. And you don't have the courage to keep failing and getting back up and running forward. Okay? Anyone who has a dream, anyone who has aspirations, needs to utilize the courage that they have within themselves. Everyone has courage. But you have to activate it. And you have to run after what you want in life. And so courage is very a, def- a very defi- defining attribute to have because it runs wild in the workplace. Okay, and when I say runs wild, I mean it's something that you can utilize in the workplace. It's something that you can utilize in your marriage. It's something that you can utilize in your parenting skills. It's something that you can utilize in your um, aspirations and dreams. It's something that you can utilize in your friendships. And it's something that, like you said, seals the deal for the other three. Because one, two, and three build who you are. Okay, as an individual. The fourth one seals it. Do you have the courage to utilize all four? Do you have the courage to utilize the first three? Do you have the courage to take them and mend them together so that you can have a balanced life? Outside and in. Because you can have a nice physical life, but if your spiritual life is completely off balance, then it's going to fall apart. You'll still feel empty in the inside. You won't feel complete. You won't feel whole. And... That's where I see courage coming into play with people's lives. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah. Courage is a very, there's a false sense of courage as well. And that's something that I, like, I agree with you. You need to develop those first three and then you go ahead and you find that courage to take the next step. You know, what's the commonly used phrase is the journey of a thousand steps starts with one. And I never understood that until I did that myself. It took a small step of courage to reach out to someone, to get something going, a project that I've been working on, to get that going, right? And before I knew it, the wheels had just turned. Next thing you know, I'm doing exactly what I wanted to do. It's a small thing, but it's a big thing because I took that step. And every time before I go on, I get a little anxious. I'm like, oh man, do I have the strength and the courage to do this? And before I know, I'm halfway through it. And I'm like, I'm glad I took that step. It's always that first step, which is the hardest. That's courage when you take that. And you were right. You need courage in marriage, raising your children, dealing with students, or if you're a student, dealing with your teacher, going in and asking questions. If you're struggling, sometimes it takes courage to ask the question, hey, I need help. And I think in today's society, we've been shunned from asking that help. So we don't have the courage to ask because it's not an open platform. Hey, I need help. You know, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me? Hey, I have a question. How do you do this? So courage is definitely, I think, what comes as a result as well of the other three because you just you have that confidence you know you're good you know you're doing something that's right you've got your justice in order you've worked on yourself you read from the stoics you read from the classics maybe you're a religious person so you read the ancient text you took on the morals you've gained your wisdom you've decided that you know what i don't need 20 copies of this book or 20 games or i don't need a big house you've decided to temper what you needed you you chose moderation over excess so now you know you're ready to take on the next step nothing is holding you back 
then that's when courage comes in. And I, to remind myself every day, and I think this is very useful because you know that Bruce Lee had those note cards to remind him every day of what he needed. So I have a coin, and you guys obviously can't see this. We're looking at each other. I have a coin that has all four virtues on it. It says temperance, justice, wisdom, and courage. And it says, try not to exchange them for others. And I believe that was a quote from Marcus Aurelius. Because he believed that if you can find anything better than those, then follow that. But it's really hard to follow anything besides these four. Courage, temperance, justice, and wisdom. And anytime I feel like I'm off track, I just pat my pocket. I know the coins are there. I have two coins. But this one, this one reminds me. I have a foundation to walk on. I have a foundation for myself. And it's opened many doors for me that I missed. Because now your mind is clear. Now, don't get me wrong. I have my off days. I really do. And I know that you do as well. We, we, we have a normal life. And the Stoics knew that. They knew, one, you're going to feel. You're going to have emotions. You're going to get pissed off and angry. And that's okay. It's what you do with it that matters the most to the stoic it's how you handle that situation and you know that it's sometimes we these emotions get the better of us it's all about how you go back to it so i'm gonna leave off with one last quote from seneca for you guys and it's sometimes even to live is an act of courage beautiful that that's actually one of my favorite quotes actually so i love it so guys this is 1000 ways of knowing with your host tom and Marcus. And I just want to say thanks again for listening. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. We have a lot more interesting videos coming in. Um, and also we have some special guests that are coming in for some interviews. So that is one of the big things that we have that we're very, very excited for. Again, we hope that you enjoy this content. We hope that it, you can utilize it to apply certain things to your life, whatever fits for you. And like I always say, as Bruce Lee once said, or has said, uh, use what is useful and discard what is useless. Again, this is 1000 Ways of Knowing. Until next time, guys, have a good one.